Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. I'm melting! Your kids are next. Oh, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, you don't have enough money to watch your cat. That's too bad. <laughs> Why don't you just secede from it? Uh... Here's another shot to you, Candle. <laughs> you always listen to me, Candle. Every kid comes with coom at Jimmy's Coom Kick Emporium. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. Almost forgot to say my name. <laughs> and I'm Tim Carpenter. I remember for both of us, Jimmy. I know my name. And speaking of names, I can't pronounce anyone's name in this story we're about to talk about. <laughs> I mean, is that really that different from all, any of our other stories where we just butcher people's names from around the world? That's very true. Uh, I mean, not that we're not going to try, right? Like, I'm, I'm still going to give it a go. <laughs> um, because, you know, when uh, when Facebook's having a sale, you got to... You got up on that ante, you know? You got to right. go for it. Exactly. You never know when someone's going to be selling, like, a car for, like, a really good price. Or yeah. maybe someone will be trying to get rid of, like, a game system because they just got, like, a new game system for the holidays. What about they don't need the old one anymore. What, what if you have three cars? What if somebody tries to sell three cars at once? Three cars at once? Or, like, yeah. what if, like, someone, like, tried to trade those three cars for something other than three cars? Like 500 cows. Well, what if someone had three cars and 500 cows, and they were Ooh. trying to trade those three cars Ooh. and 500 cows for something else? What could possibly be worth that much? I'd say the flesh of a human being. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, do you want to try to say your name? <laughs> um... I really I don't I don't know I'm so sad about the story that I I'm I'm not even going to butcher her name, uh. But what you need to know about this person is that in South Sudan there was a young girl of the age of 16. Yep. Whose father was like, hey, I could just you know go around to my village and try to see if someone would like to marry my daughter. Uh, but you know, fuck that. We live in the 21st century. Why don't I just hop onto Facebook? And put her up like a market ad and see what bites. See if anyone goes for her. See what I can get. Jeez. Well, I mean, this this is uh, something that has been a part of human history for quite some time, Jimmy. Like, what's wrong with uh, asking for a, a little bit of extra something on the side? A, a dowry, if you will. Well, if we're going to talk about things that are fucked up, we've, we've got the fact that she's underage and that even though it is South Sudan, the legal age for marriage is 18. Oh. Not 16. What? So that's already okay, so weird. They're, they're breaking the law in the onset. How is this legal that they can do this on Facebook of all places? This is a, <laughs> this is a public place. It's almost as if the moderators of Facebook, once again, aren't doing their fucking jobs. It's, it's almost like the moderators of Facebook are going to be paid 200 cows to shut up. <laughs> oh my fucking God. What do you think this fucking, yeah, piece of shit that gave 500 cows and three cars to buy her is like using cows to... They're, they're, they're running a, a fucking racket, man. They're, they're like, they're taking the cows and then they wash the cows and then they sell the cows and or trade the cows 
for more 16-year-olds, and then the cycle just begins all over again. Well, I mean, there is like 2 billion people that use Facebook, and I don't know how many people work for Facebook, but, you know, it's got to be... 2 billion? Yeah, almost a third of the world has a Facebook account. And at least... One million of those – no, I, I take that back. At least five million of those people probably engage in some type of sex trafficking on a daily basis. I don't know how you're making those statistics or assumptions, but maybe. I mean – Well, <laughs> like anything else that we say on this podcast, it is 100% factual and you should quote us. Right, yes. Jimmy? Yeah, exactly. At least one million of those are sex trafficking related of those users on Facebook, as we can see with the case uh, in South Sudan. And apparently it wasn't just 500 cows and three cars that this guy forked over. It was also apparently somewhere between $10,000 and $13,000. And uh, yeah. And what makes it even more ridiculous is this, this isn't even his first wife. This is his ninth wife. Well, yeah. Because he's just out there just buying them. Like, you know, somebody traded him like like three cows for this to happen. And then he like – he made like ten cows out of that because you can breed the cows, right? And then before you know it, this guy's got like a bajillion cows and he's just like trading them to people for for their 16-year-old daughters. This guy's a businessman. It's a – but – but why? why? If he didn't live in South Sudan, he'd probably be the owner of Apple, you know? Oh, my God. God this would be the guy. This is the Steve Jobs of South Sudan. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, the cars are V8 cars, man. They're, like, super fast. Yeah, they're nice cars. I don't know how this guy has so much fucking money. Doesn't that, like, change your mind? Doesn't that, like, what? Doesn't that change your mind a little bit? Doesn't that make you feel like it's okay? No. Those are fast. No, it doesn't. They're fast no. cars. It's fair. Child, no. Pre, arranged childhood marriage does not magically become what? great. I'm not like missing Because the point, there's some right? V8s. <laughs> God damn it, Tim. Uh, oh, it says Facebook is taking measures to ensure that rules against hate speech are enforced on its platform. Good job, Facebook. Way to pivot. <laughs> that like what? Anything. What does this have to do with hate speech? It's included in this article. Like it, it does, it doesn't make any sense. Like yeah. they're talking about the deterioration of human rights conditions, and they're over here like, you know, uh, we're we're really trying to make sure that people don't use racial slurs. You know, that's a that's a really bad thing for people to do. You know, it hurts people's feelings. We don't want people's feelings being hurt. Yeah, but we can trade them all day. <laughs> well, We'll facilitate childhood marriage for you, though, mister. Yeah. We're, uh, Facebook, where flesh is cash, you know, something like that. Give him a little... Uh, More like <laughs> ass book, am I right? Ass book. <laughs> Gotta log me on to ass book and buy me some ass. child braids. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, another thing that's disgusting when I was reading about this is that apparently even, like, high-ranking uh, South Sudanese uh, government officials placed bids on this girl yeah. so it's like it's like that level of socially acceptable where it's like oh yeah you know uh mitch mcconnell yeah over here he's just bidding on people on the internet oh you know he's doing that kind of stuff he's like like there's a it's one of those like veiled kind of um like sex trafficking parades and uh 
they're just showing all the girls off, and they're like, who will bid, like, $1,000? And Mitch McConnell just pokes his little turtle head out from behind a curtain. He's like, I'll bid 1000 <laughs> he draws it back in, you know? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Except it's little boys. It's definitely not. Yeah. It's definitely not 16-year-old girls. Well, wasn't there a thing of, like, the, the re- most recent uh, Republican convention where it's, like, at, like, gay sex ads on Craigslist just, like, skyrocketed in the town that it was happening <laughs> in, like, once it was going on? So, like, huh, there seems to be some correlation here between, you know, casual hookups for men seeking men on Craigslist and this convention happening in town. Weird. Jeez. <laughs> Weird. There must be a correlation here. Correlation. Uh, but yeah, so this is obviously super fucked up. And apparently, even though the legal marriage age is 18, uh, 50% of girls in South Sudan are married off before their 18th birthday. So it's very rampant. It's very common. It's not not cool. Not cool, yeah. I say. Don't do that, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Stop, stop making yourself into ass book. Yeah. Make face wait, make ass book face again. I don't fucking know. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, you should put that on a hat and then run for president because it's so catchy. Thanks, Tim. I bet it would work. I bet it would work. I bet there's a lot of silly people out there that believe that kind of mess. You know? <laughs> Maybe so. I wouldn't put it past the American populace. Yeah, and behind all that, we can still trade our cows, Jimmy. We can, we can breed our 500 cows and we can make 10,000 cows and then we're going to be super well. They're like nanobots. They can just keep making more of themselves. That's right. Yeah. And I, I won't eat it. You know, like I won't eat the beef. No, I'll, I'll save it. And then one day I'll be able to, to buy a wife of my own. That guy has like a bajillion wives. Why can't I have like five? Because we live in a country that's illegal. That's not the point. So <laughs> what? So, of this awful, horrible situation of great and utter, uh, get it, utter sadness, 500 cows. <laughs> you got him. That's pretty good. Yeah, utter sadness. I did that accidentally. I uttered utter sadness. Utter sadness. <laughs> God damn it. I'm going to go and jump off a cliff. Okay, um, so <laughs> what is the silver lining here? Mm-hmm. so uh silver lining okay i got it i got it uh so if i was a cow in the possession mm-hmm. of this asshole yes i would probably want to be as far away from that guy <laughs> as humanly possible oh, right yeah so these cows are in a better place boom boom fucking, you got it that's fucking beautiful that's the silver lining here that's so good that's such yeah. a, a a kosher, politically correct silver lining. I'm so proud of you, yep. Tim. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> I got it. I nailed it. You nailed it. I don't, I don't I even did it, feel like I have to come up with anything. Yeah, I, that just like that wraps it up. Nice little, <laughs> nice little package. Little you could give that. You could give that away or sell it with a dowry. Yeah, whatever you like. You could give that away for Christmas. It's such a good silver lining. It's your property, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't really know if there is a silver lining here other than there's just like, like Facebook is under fire. I mean, that's great. Like Facebook can't do whatever it wants. That's great. Even though they're a, they're a media mogul, they're, they're all powerful. You know, they, they take our media and they, they, 
crunch it up in their in their little like their little processing plant and then they spoon feed it to us with their own little like shitty glitter inside of it yeah that, that pretty well sums it up yeah that's what they do and they're filthy stinking rich and uh yeah. fuck them yeah fuck them that's all right all i can say about that well i guess moving on to our next story here do you want to lead in on this one Speaking of fucking people, um, we have uh, quite a few people who were recently fucked. I mean, you know, figuratively speaking. Right. Uh, what was the what was the number that we came to? It was one point six seven. Is that was that the number? One point six nine. How could I forget one point six nine? There were one point six nine million people who had their their personal space invaded at the very least by. Yeah more than 1.1 million people that were encouraged by the communist party of China to invade these people's homes and, uh, monitor their Muslim activities. Yep. That about sums it up. So, so what's wrong with that? Well, let's start off with the fact that those people can do whatever the fuck they want. You should stay out of their fucking house. Like they're not hurting you. Uh, it doesn't really make any sense. Why, they would do that or why they would like – why the Chinese would gov- government would essentially just militarize their uh, their populace and encourage them to go into other people's houses. Like do they have no sovereignty? Like yeah. is there no like kind of equivalent treatment well, of people? It seems kind of like shitty for both sides because like if I – if like some you know United States official knocked on my door like, hey, uh, Mr. Horn – uh, you're going to go and live in someone else's house for a while and see if they're anti-American. <laughs> it's like, but all my stuff's here. I like living here. This is my, this is my home. Yeah. Like, well, that's not good and all, but you're going to go live with these folks over here for a while and spy on them and tell us whether or not they're anti-American. But like, but that sucks. Like too bad. Like, Oh, damn it. Yeah. Cause that's basically what they did. And so, uh, so the, the people that were being spied on, it's the Uyghur population that lives in Western China in the Zhejiang province. I'm probably butchering that. Zhejiang, uh, Xinjiang. Anyways, so they live in that province in the Western part of China. And it's like a predominantly Muslim populace. Zhejiang province, where they spied on the Uyghur people that live out there. And those people are predominantly Muslim. And basically China is making these... I don't know, I guess air quotes, uh, more traditional Chinese people, Han Chinese people, uh, live with these Uyghurs to see whether or not they're real Communist Party Chinese or not. (laughs) Why do they sound like McCarthy-era anti-communists? Because it's essentially (laughs) the exact same thing they're doing, but like on steroids, so they have to sound like... like, It's kind of (laughs) ironic though, right? They're like McCarthy-era, like anti-communists, except for these are like (laughs) communist-era anti-Muslims. Yeah. Is pretty much anybody that is uh, uh, is really dead set on being oppressive towards another group. That's what they sound like. That's what they sound like. Always. They sound. They sound like Nixon. Oh, I heard him. <laughs> How did, What's your best Nixon impression? I'm not a crook. Yes, <laughs> that's pretty good. Thanks. I like that. <laughs> Oh man, that's exactly what he would say as he's busting into one of these Islamic people's houses. Exactly. So, what are some of the things that they'll do to these Muslims to see whether or not they're 
like extremist or not? Like, what are the, what do they do with these poor Muslim people? Well, you just like you could offer them a drink. I mean, which is like nice for most people. Like, exactly. You could just be like, hey, you want to go out for a drink? And uh, if they're Muslim, they'd be like, nah, fuck that shit. And everybody would be like, whoa, like what's wrong with that guy? Like I just offered him a drink and he doesn't want to drink it. Yeah. He must hate China. Burn <laughs> him must... at the stake. <laughs> Precisely. Burn the non-believer. Or like offer him a cigarette, which apparently everybody in China smokes. I still. guess. I don't know. You'd think the Chinese party, because they're like so air quotes efficient with like their the way they order around their populace would be like, okay, we're making cigarettes illegal. They're killing all of you. It's way too expensive to keep you all alive with smoking cigarettes all the time. We're making them illegal. But guess not. Guess they love cigarettes. Well, that's it's kind of a weird thing. Like we live in a culture in the United States in the modern day where smoking cigarettes in particular has become I, I, I wouldn't go as far to say taboo, oh, yeah, but it's, taboo. it's like it's definitely heavily stigmatized oh, yeah. now. Like it's not like it was like even 20 years ago. You know, I, I remember seeing a lot more people just casually smoking and there were still lo- indoor locations that you could smoke at. But I don't know if China has actually undergone the same uh, anti-smoking campaigns from the, you know, the government down. Apparently not because apparently – if you refuse a cigarette in the western part of China, you're considered an anti-Chinese yeah. person and have to go to a, a re-education camp, which is where the people that they find most suspect have to go to. So if somebody in China comes up to you and they offer you a drink or they offer you a you cigarette, take it. you take that drink or you take, take that, that cigarette shit. and you thank them. I don't care if, you qu- if you've quit smoking 20 years ago and... You used to be a hardcore addict. You smoke that cigarette down to the fucking filter. Yeah. And you say, long live the Chinese government. It's like. And they're like, oh, yes, very good. Yes. It's like. Excellent. <coughs> long live China. <laughs> I love China. And and they're like, wait, I'm sorry. What did you say? Did you just say, assalamu alaikum? <laughs> no. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> Get him. Damn it. Get get them. You just said you have a Quran in your home. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I say. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing this Friday? I hope you're not praying or fasting for yeah. Ramadan. <laughs> I know the holiday's coming up. Do you celebrate that holiday? Oh, uh, what holiday? You know what ho- damn well holiday I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Have a cigarette. Even things of, <laughs> of like if the if their dresses are too long or if your brother's growing like an air quotes irregular beard can be cause for concern. So yeah, they're just scrutinizing <laughs> everything. Like like let's say you're just like some poor dude that like can't grow like good facial hair, but you're like trying to grow it out anyway. It's like look at him, look at him. He's got the fucking Muslim beard. Get him, get him. Oh, uh, that'd be hilarious. Uh, that that's like a Seinfeld skit, you know, like guy gets a abducted because he has like a a regular growed beard because he just can't do any better, right? And the whole time he's just like surly as fuck and he doesn't want to cut it, so he's just like, fine, take me to prison. I don't, I don't care. care. I'm keeping my beard. It means more to me than anything. Oh jeez. Before we started this episode, Jimmy and I actually talked about uh, the the sheer volume of people that were involved in this bullshit. Yep. 1.69 million people comprise the ethnic minority of citizens in China that uh, these the 1.1 million Communist Party individuals were paired up with. And I was like, oh, my God, that's more people than I'm ever going to be able to meet in my entire life. And Jimmy 
ran the numbers. Ran the numbers. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. And what were, what were our findings? Our findings <laughs> were that if I did the math right, which is up to scrutiny, yep. that if you said hi to someone every second and you didn't stop, you could say hi to a million people in under 12 days. If you had to say hi yeah. every second on the second for tw- almost for 11 and a half days straight. Yeah, no taking time for drinks of water because fuck hydrating yourself. No time for sleeping because you're meeting people. You know, you're networking. You ain't got time to sleep, right? No time for food because you can't say hi with food in your mouth. It's true. It's it's not it's not proper etiquette. It's not. You know. Uh, so what if we had to add on an extra? I don't know. Say fifteen seconds to say hi. Would you like a cigarette? Uh, how would, how much longer? Then does that we would take? divide that by fifteen, I guess. Right? Is that how the math works? I don't. And what if I was a living, breathing human being that had to sleep or had to drink water? It would obviously, take a really long time. I'm not sure where you're getting. I can't meet that many people. I can't know all those people. No, of course not. I and I do this to say, like, that's a fuck ton of people. Oh yeah. Like, it's it's hard to imagine. 1.69 million people, you know, just the the sheer volume of individuals whose lives were disrupted. Oh yeah. By this, this BS. Well, and even with that, uh, as many as a million Uyghurs were, are thought to have been rounded up and placed in re-education centers where they re-educate them, which just sounds super 1984 and scary as fuck. Yeah. What do they do to re-educate them? Well, you know they make them renounce their religion and say really nice things about the communist party, probably 24 seven. And then for, I guess for the inmates that they really don't like, they force them to eat pork and drink alcohol. Or <laughs> Yeah. That's uh, that's what they did to me when I was serving hard time. They were like, you know what, Tim, you know, instead of sending you to solitary, you're going to eat some pork and drink alcohol. Like, that's not what you were going to be doing otherwise if you were free. I'll sacrifice myself. I was imagining you, like, shackled to, like, a chair. And then, I don't know, someone, like, forcing, like, a bottle of whiskey into your mouth. And you're just trying to, like, yeah. keep it out. Actually, no, you wouldn't be. You'd just be, like, suckling on it like a teat. <laughs> and then they like have like little bits of like bacon and they're like you know like here comes the train and be like no no um, dum, yeah, dum, dum, exactly. dum. <laughs> i try to make it like i wasn't like, enjoying it because otherwise they'd stop exactly. <laughs> the horror i'll never tell i'll never renounce my, I'll faith. Never renounce oh, my no. faith you're gonna have to keep me here forever <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Looks like this is my destiny. My fate is here with pork and drink. <laughs> You're just like, just like Tim, 300 pounds later, just like morbidly obese. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never get extreme in. jaundice from alcoholism. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that like all that like fatty yeah. pork is not so good for you no. either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously for us as dirty, uh, oh, what do they call? Uh, not not heretics. I can't think of the dirty word for uh, infidels. Infidels, yeah, us as dirty infidels, like that would oh, be yeah. a. I know what I am. That'd be a vacation, <laughs> but you know, obviously for yeah. these highly religious people, it wouldn't be such a great time. So, uh, 
So as we reflect on the story, mm-hmm. what what would be the silver lining, Jimmy? Who? God damn it. Silver lining for having people f- forced to go live in other people's homes to then abduct them from their homes and then re-educate them. The silver lining for me is I don't live in China. Um, the silver lining for the people that had to go through and experience this, I could not tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Jimmy. I got one. Oh, I'm, I got, I'm excited. I got this one too. I got a twofer for you. Oh, shit. Multiculturalism. You know what multiculturalism is? I do, but I'm not sure if I ascribe to your definition. Go ahead and tell me what it is. Cultural pluralism. I don't know if they're necessarily exactly the same thing, but okay. it's it's this tendency that people have to integrate other people's culture into their own after they are exposed to them in a sufficient enough manner. Okay. And perhaps over time, uh, as we can culturally assimilate and socially integrate uh, these Chinese communists – and these what what type of Muslims did you say they were uh, Uyghur the Uyghur people yeah Uyghur. Uh, Uyghur Muslims perhaps they can set aside their differences and create something new and beautiful out of their relationship that they have newly developed with one another yeah I mean obviously this story isn't highlighting that but I mean I guess with when you have like this happening to over a million people you know there had to have been at least like a couple that ended up becoming friends and garnish yeah. a better understanding that wouldn't have happened otherwise i mean i don't know how common that would be but yeah. maybe i mean of course something to to uh i get something that's distinct about multiculturalism versus other types of polyculturalism uh the, the the culture still remains distinct it's like it's not like appropriation it's not like you're like taking uh uyghur islam and just like you know ripping it up into bits and then like trying to appropriate it into the the communist spectrum of the Chinese government. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like there's a, there's a generally newfound respect for these people because they see the way that they live their life and they recognize that it's totally fine. Yeah, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's how it's going to end up. Because <laughs> it, <'cause laughs> it doesn't look like that's the way it's going, but that would be great if that were the case. Yeah, it would be pretty fantastic. Oh, man. Well, speaking of uh, religious beliefs, oh, yeah. next story uh, is, you know, just deeply, deeply steeped, just tinctured in religious philosophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it is wonderful. Okay. So, the uh, scene is the southern state of Tamil Nadu uh, in India. The character is a 14-year-old girl who died in a cyclone after she was segregated into, uh, I, I guess, what can best be described as a like a shed or a hut mm-hmm. and died in a cyclone uh, as a result of the poor construction of this building because she was menstruating. Yep. Because it's unclean, because it's disgusting, because people don't want to talk about it, because... I don't know. Yeah, about sums it up. It's pretty gross. Uh, Cyclone Gaja, or G-A-J-A, has already killed at least 46 people in this coastal state, and unfortunately, she was was one of them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so what's up with this? Like, why? Why the heck would? Why the heck would this happen? Um, how, how do we find ourselves here? We find ourselves here from having a uneducated populace, I guess, due to I don't know India not giving a shit about its rural regions and uh, archaic traditions that have been passed down for many generations where they do this kind of shit where they believe this because I guess it's what their parents believe and their parents believed and they're like, oh, yeah, there's like a fucking typhoon coming and it's going to destroy all our shit. But you know what? Even though it's really scary and uh, we may die, you're menstruating, so you still got to go to the shed because that's what we've always done. You got to. Yeah. You can't touch anybody. Like, what if you touched them? What if you you touched them? Then they'd be just as unclean as you. Damn it. You know, it's pretty gross. Okay, so, yeah, to to speak on the the two reasons why this happened, you mentioned, you know, a good portion of this is because of the improper infrastructure. You know, this building that she was residing in was – not developed well. Right. It, it was it was knocked down pretty easily. You guys, I, I encourage you to look up pictures. Uh, this particular one is from BBC News. Cyclone Gaja, Indian girl segregated during period dies, and you can see a picture of it right there. It's uh, it's like um, what do you call it? Um, sheet metal. It's sheet metal. Yeah, it's a sheet metal house, and the uh, the 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 wood that it comprises the arbors and and structure of the home is this like flimsy as fuck like it looks like two by fours if that like it, it's absolutely terrible like i mean it's it, it's probably thinner like it's probably like it's like bending in the wind which granted it is cyclone wind but even so like it's ridiculous and if they had better zoning laws or you know some type of safety inspection Maybe that wouldn't have happened in the way that it did. Uh, but she would not have found herself in that particular location. And hell, maybe this would have even happened in a place like uh, the United States. You know, people have barns, and sometimes barns are not as uh, upkept as well as primary dwellings. So what if this was happening in the United States? And somebody was like, hey, you know, like my my daughter is having her period and she's unclean, so I can't touch her and she can't touch anybody else lest they also become that that same way. So we're going to segregate her into the barn and then inclement weather rolls by and ends up crushing the barn and kills her. You know what I mean? I think it's pretty easy to, you know, to bring that one home, so to speak. I think we've fortunately gotten past that at least a hundred years ago. Yeah, absolutely. But there are apparently still religious groups uh, in particular that believe that, you know, like people can't, he, he right. can't hang I'm, out. I mean, know? it's in the Bible, like, right? Yeah, cool. It totally is. Uh, which, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Jimmy, because I have a couple of Bible verses brought up. Oh, God. And they're pretty great. Uh, Leviticus 28 is, uh, 2018 is one of my favorites. Uh, if a man lies with a woman during her menstrual period and uncovers her nakedness, he has made naked her fountain. Whatever what? that means. And she has uncovered the fountain of her blood. I want a naked fountain. Both of them shall be cut off from among their people. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, right. The fuck? <laughs> that was that's that escalated. That, that escalated quickly. They had a naked fountain, and then they were saying they're gonna be cut off from the peoples because they wanted to shag when she sure. was on her period. That seems kind of drastic. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. 
Got another one? Cut off from their people. Uh, let's see. Uh, actually, there's there's a, a big fucking list. Like, it goes on and on and on. Oh, no. A lot of them are in Leviticus. Now, Leviticus is one of those, like, Old Testament law kind of things. Oh, so yeah. let's see if we can find one that's a little more recent. A little more contemporary. Yeah, well, you know, something that, like, is going to be... Hit home. Is going to be a little bit more apparent. Some of these don't even make any sense. No, I want I want period stuff. Period clothing? No, not that kind of period. And some of it's just relative. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah... Which is a nice way of saying she got menopause. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's like the old timey way when they didn't have words for that kind of way. Yeah. Oh, if any man, uh, if any man lies with her and her menstrual impurity comes upon him, he shall be unclean seven days, and every bed upon which he lies shall be unclean. So it kind of follows him, you know. Oh no! It's like it's on him. Sounds like an STD, except for that doesn't make any sense because periods aren't STDs. They're worse because they like they touch the bed, and then if somebody lays in the bed that he laid in, then they can like spread it to other beds, and before you know it, everybody's bed is just covered in period blood. What the hell is up with old timey period? And God damn it, I keep saying period. Old timey times when everyone was afraid of periods. Like what is? I don't understand I don't it. Well, I think it was like one dude who happened to be like the leader of the uh, like some community was like it's gross. It's really, really fucking gross. It's kind of icky. I mean, like, when we go to war and you cut people open and blood comes out, that's fucking cool. Like, that's fucking rad. Yeah, like, it's badass. Like, pour pour that, that stabby blood all over me. But, you know, women blood, not cool, bro. Not cool. It's like, why? It, it makes them uneasy. It, it's like they didn't have critical thinking skills 2,000 years ago or something. Yeah. Well, they seriously... Well, I mean, they're... Well, I won't go into that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, ain't that religion in a nutshell? Woo! Jeez. <laughs> Shots fired. Anyways, Whoa. so you have any other old timey verses you want to throw? Uh, not right now. They basically all say the same thing. Right. Clean, clean, unclean, clean. Don't touch the unclean. Clean the clean. Mr. Clean. Only Mr. Clean can unclean the bed of <laughs> a woman. <laughs> oh, I got one more for you. Okay, this one's pretty good. Uh, this, is, this is Deuteronomy 23.1. More like dude-aronomy. <laughs> dude-aronomy. You yeah, know what I mean? No, I mean. Uh, English dude. standard version. My favorite. No one, no one whose testicles are crushed or, <laughs> or whose male organ is cut off shall enter the assembly of the Lord. Pretty great, right? What? You know what I mean? It's pretty what? great. Hey, you know what? If you get your balls stepped on, that's your own damn fault. You know? <laughs> your own damn fault. God doesn't love you anymore. Get God the fuck out. God hates vaults. God wills it. God hates you. Yeah. If, you're, if your balls get crushed, it is a sign from God that he fucking hates you and doesn't want anything to do with you. <laughs> if he didn't get the message, that's what it meant. Yep. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, okay. Well, crushed ball bastards. So. <laughs> God damn it. So what have we learned from all these Bible verses and this very sad story? Oh man, are you? We're asking for a silver lining already. I mean, what more do we have to say about it? We just read like a bunch of nonsensical Bible verses and talked about how illogical it is. I mean, is there anything else to like say? Well, uh, I mean, Cyclone uh, Gaja uprooted uh, trees and destroyed more than 80,000 hectares of farmland across 12 districts. Okay. So 
that's something else to be said about. I mean, yeah, and it killed like forty six. Oh, you already said that. It killed forty six other people. Yeah, no, it did. People. It did serious damage, right? But we're, you know, we're focusing on the specific instance because this specific instance, at least specifically, could have been avoided yeah. if if their family weren't. I don't know. What's the silver lining? What's <laughs> the silver lining? The other dumb stories. Oh wait, what? Are you, what? I was singing. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to hear your song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. I was, I'm not very good at improv musical theater. That's okay. <laughs> What's the silver lining, huh? Oh man. The silver lining is she doesn't have to live with her fucking idiotic family anymore oh man yeah we actually <laughs> talked about that on a previous episode um, all the dying children the wisdom of yeah salinas wisdom of salinas yep it's better that she just didn't live at all because she was born into uh, poverty. a religious nut job of a family in an impoverished area so uh yeah i mean hopefully it wasn't painful i don't fucking know i mean i imagine getting crushed by a shed would be so yeah probably votes out on that one um probably hurts a lot you know like heavy stuff falling on you oh man well i mean it it like, we could hope that it happened quick you know like there was like a you know, big tree or something you just, i don't know it's fucking sucks all right yeah okay so now we're going to finally talk about something that doesn't have to deal with religion or inane beliefs. So this uh, shitty-ass uh, company called Calio Inks, uh, it makes uh, an opioid antidote that saves many people's lives that are dying from the opioid crisis here in the United States of America. And, you know, you know it's like since this uh, medication is so heavily needed, especially now with how in swing the, uh, the crisis is, the company decided to do the most logical thing it could in this scenario to make sure as many people could be helped, and it increased the price of its drug by over 600%. Oh, wait, that's the opposite of what you're supposed to do. <laughs> it's supposed to get cheaper. What's the name of our uh, our opioid epidemic episode, Jimmy? What's the name of it? Yeah. Uh, Big Pharma, I think. Big Pharma. Y'all go check out our Big Pharma episode because we actually discussed this topic in a little bit more detail. Uh, just how exacerbated the opioid crisis has become and just how urgent it is that we need something like naloxone to be present uh, at least in a, like a, a, a more institutionalized scale. Um, it saves a lot of lives. Uh, yep. A lot of people that find themselves in these dire straits uh, that are overdosing – uh, and are not able to make it to a, a hospital because they're in such poor shape, or, or, or just because, like you know, a, a police officer or or other public official or somebody that's had the the certification, which you all should look uh, to your uh, your uh, local municipalities to see if they offer any type of certification course to be able to allow you to handle naloxone uh, and see if you can administer it to people, which would obviously be a big help but uh yeah it's it's something that helps <laughs> why in the yeah. world is the price going up on it i guess the the short answer is because people can right oh like, yeah there's nothing against it you know no law against it so why not just jack the the price up like what happened with EpiPens? like what happened with uh the uh the medication for uh for aids which i forget the 
with punchable face dude the punchable face guy uh yeah the guy that was involved with uh oh my gosh why am i not remembering his name yeah sometimes it's best just to forget people yeah i'm glad i can't remember his name that's pretty nice he has a real punchable face though you're totally right yeah he's such a smarmy looking little jerk like he's about to say something he thinks is funny when we all know it's not funny not funny at all yeah. Uh, so according to the report, uh, the price that Medicare drug plans paid for Evzio, uh, which I guess would be the, uh, the, the the marketed name for naloxone. Yeah, that's about right. Went from $609 per unit, which is a lot. That's expensive. That's a lot per that, unit. That, that's like, yeah, for like one, one dose, one life-saving injection. Yep. And that went up to $3,852 per unit in 2017. Yeah. Uh, so chances are it's probably more expensive now. And I imagine like as it becomes more scarce and as the demand increases, which I don't know, it, do you think that it will? I mean, as a result of naloxone being present, the, the, the need for naloxone, as in like, do you think that people who are overdosing mm-hmm. uh, and uh, recognize the fact that they could possibly be saved by naloxone and therefore will engage in that more risky behavior uh, because they know that it's, it's less likely they're going to die? No, I don't think people that are heroin abusers are worried about dying. So I don't think yeah. I don't think it increases the usage. Like I, I think they could care less. Yeah. Uh, that's why that's why you do heroin i mean people that do heroin know it's not good for them they just don't care yeah yeah that's 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 already passed <laughs> well i found this really interesting part of the article it says the price increases came after calio hired two chicago-based consultants todd smith and benjamin bove who had executed similar strategies at other drug makers so like i wonder how much calio paid these assholes to come in and be like oh hello todd smith oh hello benjamin bove so what should we do with our medication they're like uh, so if you want to make more money with your medication, what you got to do is charge more money for your medication. And then Calio was like, oh, that's that's a great idea. Here's thousands and thousands of dollars. Thank you so much for consulting with us. Oh, man. So, yeah, I could I could talk about this subject like all day, that, like what exactly it means to have um, intellectual property or to have a trademark or you know, like a, a, a secret ingredient, what exactly that allows you to be compensated for? Like, can you charge like an absurd amount for something like this? Well, why not? Right? Like, I mean, like if yeah. let's say that you, Jimmy, you develop some type of life-saving drug in, in, in any, in any capacity. And then all of a sudden, like everybody's like, I want your drug. Do you have the right to be able to just be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to charge quadruple for it now well you gotta you know i mean obviously getting through the fda and doing the research and blah 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 blah, super expensive and they gotta pay back all their fucking venture capital they got to pay it back but you know you would think that as if you had any kind of moral that you especially yeah uh, in this case people need it if people need it you would just be like well if we bunch of people need it we'll just make more and sell it for the same and we'll make more money that way instead of just yeah. you know hiking up the price and trying to make money hand over fist that way i mean it seems uh, evil is that the word oh yeah evil that's it evil. And so uh, yeah well, because you're putting your your profit margins above the lives of human beings so what what exactly is one human life worth is it is one human life worth 609 dollars 
Mm-hmm. Is that about how much? Maybe three thousand eight hundred and fifty-two dollars. Right. Uh, is that a little bit more accurate? I don't know. I would think, in all honesty, that a human life is worth somewhere between five hundred cows, three cars, and thirteen thousand dollars. Killing me. You're literally killing me. Got him. Yes. God damn it. I did not see that coming. The buildup. Oh. Oof. Uh, Oof. Geez. Holy shit. God, I hate everything right about now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these uh, pharmaceutical companies are, are essentially like have their, their hand over these people's hearts and are just squeezing them, just trying to see how much money juice they can squeeze out of them yeah. uh, at the cost of their life. You know, and they know people will pay exuberant amounts of money in order to save lives and they're just taking advantage of that and that's why for-profit medicine blows yeah absolutely i bet we could look into this a little bit and maybe see both ends of the spectrum from the same company like perhaps they're also investing in some type of opioid pharmaceuticals oh like um that'd be gross uh what the fuck were those uh purdue family the yeah. ones that made the um, per- Purdue Pharma, whatever, the ones that made the Oxycontin, they were like, oh, we're making a, oh, anyways, we don't need to talk about them. Yeah, go check out our uh, uh, um, our Big, Big Pharma, Pharma episode. Yes. Yeah, take a look. Take a, take a quick look. Yeah, take a look. You're like hearing about this shit about the opiate crisis. So, uh, I guess one last silver lining and we'll get out of here. What's silver lining with the opioid Boom, <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, what is the... Uh, so, I mean, the silver lining is kind of apparent prior to the story, the fact that, like, naloxone has been invented. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, this is kind of like a – this is a development of that. So I don't think I can necessarily say that that's the silver lining of the story. Right. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it's like uh, like if you're a free market capitalist, then this is a win for you guys. <laughs> Like, you know, this is a, you know, people are free to be able to charge what they want for their goods and services. So, yay. Yay. Good for you guys. You know, try not to be evil in the future. I don't know. Something like that. Oh, God. Jeez. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That that was kind of hard, man. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. Obviously, a lot more lives are going to die because people can't afford to have meloxone on their person because it's too expensive. So, yeah, you know what? You know what, guy? You know what, fucking uh, Calio Inc.? Fuck you. You don't even deserve a silver lining. You blow. That's right. You suck, Uh, you greedy assholes. But, hey, if you as our listener know of a silver lining to the story and you'd like to let us know, uh, please, please, please contact us. We'd love to hear your comments on what we said here. If we said anything wrong, We'd love to be corrected, and if you'd like us to talk about something new in the future, uh, we'll we'll talk about pretty much whatever, uh, as long as it's sad, and as long as there's a possibility we can find a silver lining. That's that's all we really care about. So, Jimmy, where can they contact us to be able to tell us these things? All right. So if you are looking to contact us, you can uh, email us at syndicapowerment at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook, uh, Syndic Empowerment. Send us messages through there. You can tweet at us and our at username, whatever, is uh, at uh, Cynic and Power Me one And um, we're on all the things. We're on all the things. All the things. The Spotify's. Stitchers. We've got the Stitcher. That's right. 
so Google Play Store, iTunes. Build a world of sadness with us. Yes. Find all your mutual cynical, sad fuckheads that like talking about this sad shit and, you know, form a little sad party. <laughs> little sad clown. Little little clown that's the little crying clown. And we'll make fun of you on a episode in the future. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, everybody, until next time, you uh, keep your head up, and we will catch you next time. That's right. We will do that. We will we will send everyone that sends us a message one cow per message as a sign of gratitude. Up to 500 cows. Up to 500 cows, and we won't even own you. We'll just give them out of the goodness of our hearts. That's right. And gratitude for saying hello. Because we're master breeders. I got this like, little spritz bottle on the table that we spray the cat with when she climbs up in the Christmas tree. And uh, I'm honestly thinking of just like spraying it right at my nose.